Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Tuesday Live at 4. Today, we have decided to to discuss the topic of biases, and particularly the biases uh, within coaching sessions. Um, why they're important, why you should be mindful of them each session. Um, we're going to go through all of that. I think what is important um, to begin this stream would be to actually define what a bias is. So first, we'll go ahead and give you guys the dictionary definition of what a bias is, and I'll read it out loud for you guys. So a bias is defined as a particular tendency, trend, inclination, feeling, or opinion, especially one that is preconceived or unreasoned. With that, do you guys have any other way you would define a bias or is this probably pretty? pretty I would maybe even say, oh, I guess I guess that's not exclusive then as the especially one that is preconceived or unreasoned, because I think a lot of biases are reasoned. They're just not. Fully reasoned out, or like it's not good reason that you're using. There's a big element I think we're not talking about either here. I don't know what's going on with my camera. Um, uh, It's it's also that that they are both conscious and unconscious. So, like, a lot of biases are we're not even aware of having um, until, you know, it comes to awareness. before we start though there's something i want to that might be a little i guess maybe controversial um but uh i want to like first do away with the concept that that if we can um and approach it from like a place of not good or bad because not all bias is a bad thing and not all bias it's so just approach it as is and and not a put a bias on a bias to begin with my biases are good Everyone else's biases are bad. Uh, mind you, there are there, there are destructive elements and there are productive elements in both cases. And I think yes. um, examining both and being aware of both is really what's mm. key. It's, it's the self-awareness. Key. I, I think that's kind of what gets missed is that when we say that we're biased, like many other words, it, it automatically has a negative connotation. And it is a, simply to become aware, like you're mentioning, Brooke, I like that. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing because we are all raised to be human beings. We are not raised to be a robot. And with the way that we're raised, we might get culturally family stuff. We might get our friend stuff. We might develop our own from our own experiences or opinions in a sense, right? Based on how we experience the world and those unconscious ones. I, I took a test a few year, years ago. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, it's just you had to choose really quick. And I'm thinking this can't be really a test to tell whether I'm biased or not in this. And I just can't see how that is. But anyway. Um, Lisa, I have that test up oh. here. It's, I think it's called Project Implicit. It's with Harvard University. And it's all these different tests. And I'm going to drop the link um, in our blog as well, because this is really fascinating. Um, It's a bunch of different tests that test your implicit bias towards age, transgender issues, presidents, religion, weapons. But uh, that's the thing, we can have biases in so many, like there's, we can have biases. It's it's just simply our, it's a filter, it's our perception, it's a judgment, right? So it's it's a shortcut essentially for your brain to take because you can't literally 
there's no possible way any human being could just sit and reason every single feeling and decision they make. You have to have shortcuts to be able to function as a human being. And you that's the reason why we have biases in the first place. An inclination to, 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 to judge, but not I mean, judgment again, not a bad thing necessarily, but just we categorize so that we know how to function or behave in a certain environments for our own survival in many ways. Mm -hmm. I was mentioning earlier when we were off camera that it kind of, you have to understand who you are, what you're experiencing, because that bias is how you build boundaries. It's your understanding of who you are so that you can create those um, relationships and interactions on best either supports you, not necessarily to reinforce negative bias necessarily, I'm not mean that, but to know where what affects you and what doesn't. I was playing around this concept. I know I'm talking a lot. Hang on one second. I was playing around with this concept when we when you told me we were covering this today. And it's something simple as a stoplight. Here we know it's a stoplight. You know, we have three, we have a red light, we have a yellow light, we have a green light. But what if Not we always. a go light? <laughs> Well, there's, and there's some places that don't have the, the red light, green light, yellow light. That doesn't exist everywhere. That that is uh, that doesn't always not always the case. Um, it's it's also maybe in a way something we take for granted, right? Like we, it's an assumption. Like we expect. I mean, we expect, and it can be. So let's let's. I think we're out here. We're talking really out here still. Yeah. So let's, I want to what I want to do is bring it in here a bit to something that is more tangible. Um, Jordan, what's your bias? Okay, wait. <laughs> I was just gonna ask a question. Oh, less, less tangible then. Okay. Um. So, uh. But so we were we're talking about okay, what it is, all these things. Let's get more specific. Like, when is a bias good? When is a bias bad? What are examples? And then how does it apply to coaching? And how do we maneuver through it, knowing we have biases? Like, how do we manage our biases and adapt them in a way that is productive? So when we get into reflecting back what our client says, and I'm in a coaching session, when we get into reflecting what our client, I can't even speak, client says, <clears throat> it gives them an opportunity to, to hear what they're saying and to recognize if that's something they want to change. So that's a bias. That's them recognizing a particular way that they interact with the world and that that gives them an opportunity to potentially an opportunity to go, yeah, that's it. No, I want to make that change. Ooh, did I really say that? Or yeah, I'm totally behind that. Right. So it gives them an opportunity to make a choice. Go ahead. I think we want to like to narrow it. I mean, real specifically, we've sort of touched on it. Biases can be uh, cultural. They can be um, uh, gender, age, height, Yes, people are biased. Some people think taller people are better than other people. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's an actual thing. Um, from a short celebrity. Us, the way that we as a culture uh, sort of put celebrity on a, a this platform um, is is a bias in many ways. And we are assuming they are somehow better or more qualified because of celebrity, but that's not the case. They're just people like anybody else. So I think that it is... Um, I mean, it's an interesting space. It's also a space that, that can be very, that people can get very sensitive in as well, because a lot of times, yes, uh, it is it, being in a conscious thing. It is what, again, eventually leads us to the, the stereotyping and assume, assuming it and assuming in ways that aren't productive and can be hurtful. 
Um, Honing in on things that aren't an issue. Um, you know, we, we have this experiment in our class um, that somebody wears sunglasses and it comes from across any time that we put our own thoughts to it about someone else, that is our bias. So maybe we can give an example. So like if I'm going to just describe a, somebody, a, 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 a person, and then you guys tell me what your impression is of this person. So um, a, a person walks in, <laughs> they are um, wearing big baggy pants. Uh, and it's, we'll say male, okay? Um, they look disheveled um, uh, as if they have not put themselves together. Uh, a little dirty, dirty fingernails, um, and uh, clearly a very frazzled human being. What do you guys think of this person? Construction worker. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's that yes. Everybody's going to have a different concept, right? A different assumption. If they are frazzled, I'm probably going to lean towards what Anthony said with the you know, homeless person is probably going to be the first that comes to mind. But if they come in dirty and they've got baggy jeans. Well, you even, you, I mean, that you kind of just showed your own bias by just assuming that it was a man as well. Like I, oh, when you said first said person, I was like, it's a man. This is she, a man we're talking yeah, about. She I did say male. I did say, I did qualify that. I didn't have to though. I could have no, not. I, I but I, I automatically assumed my bias was that. I'm an artist who builds things and I get my hands dirty all the time. And I, my clothes, the, the, the act of keeping paint off of my clothing sometimes is like a miracle. Um, uh, so very quickly can an impression of me being this sort of like, you know, what disheveled, I don't take life seriously person can happen. But I mean, it's just that that, that sometimes is not my priority. Um, as, as it is with somebody else, but it does not mean that I'm not successful at my job, that I'm not all these other things. However, a lot of assumptions will run with that. I mean, you take it to t 10 years ago, tattoos, if you had a tattoo, it, it was it was taboo even 20 years ago. Nowadays, I mean, everybody and their mother has a tattoo. So it, the bias existed. Piercings is also in that in that same boat. Yeah, and that's, it's. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we're kind of moving in a space where um, I why well, I, I believe in general we're kind of moving in a space as a human society um, we're kind of moving away from those mm -hmm. physical appearances defining a person um, you know not to get too deep but who they are as a person and what they can do um, especially this is really relevant in the workforce you know things like that but there are I mean uh, Misha Safran or was it Misha, it said unemployed homeless mental illness. There is bias around mental illness, oh boy. so much bias around mental oh illness. Oh boy, big time. And it's not fair either. Um, big time. I mean, honestly, towards any illness, a lot of times their bias comes along with that. Um, uh, I mean, just honestly, anything and everything can have a bias attached. If, so what in a coaching space, if we as coaches, we, are, we have biases, right? So how can it be helpful to us and how can it be hurtful to us as a coach? well the, the the hurtful i think is easier assumptions that we make about somebody and if we go to that experiment that you're speaking about it um a person who's male disheveled comes in with baggy clothes you know 
and we're coaching them and depending on what comes out of them, we might have an opinion about something that bias comes out usually as an opinion and a distorted opinion because it's really from our own perspective, not that. Um, can we give baggy male, disheveled male a name? Robert. Well, sure. Yeah, Robert. There we go. Okay. So when, see, now we've just humanized him. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now he's a person. Isn't that crazy? Just a name can do that to somebody. Like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that they have a name. That, so that's Robert, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So They're now like, Robert means something a little more than this person. This is reminding me of my ideal client exercise in so many ways. <laughs> well, that's, when we, that's when we really get into a person's bias to like who they want their ideal client to be. Um, and but bias in the good sense, let's tackle the hard one first for biases that coaches have that are good. I think coaches have a bias towards, um, you know, assuming the best, assuming that mm -hmm. Everything is going to be goal oriented, assuming that everything's going to be going to work out, and we have like faith in our clients, which is good. We uh, that's, that's assuming that, that that's all. What all maybe all coaches are like, my clients suck. <laughs> well, you know, there's always exceptions to bias, but I think we've seen that in classes that everybody seems Ooh, to have a good. view on the outcomes of a client, and they want the best for them. Um, yeah. So. People, they, t they tend to assume the best, which is good. The downside oh, of that is we don't want our behavior to reflect that and always be the cheerleader. I'm reading a, a th on the, from ICF about negative versus positive bias. And we are so negatively inclined. It takes between five and 10 positive events to counterbalance one negative event. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Gottman came up with that statistic, actually. Not <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's yeah. just in this article I'm reading. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's just that's that's I mean, now the reason is for that, because when something negative happens there, the consequence being potential death, potential trauma. So we, we quickly hold on to that so we can protect, protect, protect. We're positive. We don't have to worry about that. Happy, happy go go space. You know, <laughs> so it's 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 it is a, na a nature um, I, I, what is it? Nature versus nurture, a natural inclination, um, uh, evolutionary construct, I guess is what I was thinking. Um, I think I do like Anthony's concept though, that coaches have a natural inclination to think the best of their, I think that also we have, um, an empathy bias in many ways. Like we, there it is. That yeah. is true. Absolutely. Uh, and, and maybe a natural inclination to want to do good and help um, sometimes, you know, to our own fault <laughs> at times. Um, uh, but that, that it's, it's a bias towards believing in others sort of that, 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 that change is possible and that, that having a better life for themselves is possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I know that, that there have been so many times I have felt like, man, if, if everybody could just have a conversation, like, and just, just take our class and have a conversation afterwards, like life, I mean, it just, the world would be more peaceful. <laughs> um, uh, I genuinely feel that way. <laughs> Look what Misha wrote. And, yeah. and I love that concept is, is to remove the stigma attached to children from one room to the next room and they get to have a fresh place to land so that they can have real conversation and real connection. That's nice. I mean, it's not what she said, but 
kind of a culmination. I, li- I really enjoy. So good, good bias, bad bias. <laughs> what? I can think of plenty of bad biases. I guess that's my bias. Like we, can, we can all run to the bad. So let's challenge ourselves. Like Anthony said, let's pick some good ones. What are good biases? Yeah, I, I think that we don't. Go for it. Well, I was going to say the difficulty in that is you mentioned it is it takes five times for something good to happen for it to counterbalance one negative bias, which is why it would be so difficult to really, I'm thinking, uh, think of a, a particular positive bias right off of off of the top of the head at the moment. Um, they can be hard to really. I am. Um, I have a natural inclination to assume th- to, I guess, I expect the worst, but I really do hope for the best. So like, I, I think that everybody else is kind of thinking like me. And so I can be somebody who's very, um, always conscientious of what other people is going on in their lives to some degree and, and try to try to help or, you know, do, and, but I have an awareness of the people in my world that maybe um, other people don't have as much of an awareness of me in my space. So I have an assumption sometimes that people know, what I'm thinking or feeling because I would know um, before they, um, and so it's like, I think the best of people, I get, like, I think that, that everybody else is thinking the best of me and, and um, I, it's, it doesn't always work that way. Like, yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> um, I don't know. That sparked something in, in my head at the moment when you said that for whatever reason, um, a positive bias, maybe I might be, you know, defining this improperly, but, maybe a positive bias would be assuming. So if you do see someone who uh, kind of, let's talk about Robert again, Bob, um, maybe he was going through. Bob, some- now he's, now he's a nickname. Bob. <laughs> he's not familiar now with him. He's our friend. We know I'm Bob. Well. Bob. He sounds exactly like you described, but I'm just kidding. We've got, so Robert, say Robert, um, that's a positive bias. So say you, you do see someone like Robert walking to a store, you're shopping or whatever, and that that is someone that is presented to you. Maybe a positive bias would be to think in the manner that, you know, immediately you, you're thinking towards maybe this guy just, that's what he does for work. That's what he's doing for, you know, for a job. That's, you know, he's not necessarily. Maybe he likes um, Maybe he's an archaeologist. Yeah. I have Bob could be an archaeologist. We don't know. He could be any Indiana Jones. I actually have a real story, a real story about something like this that occurred to me when I was in, I was either in New York or Maryland or something like that. I was taking the bus with somebody else. They were sitting on the outside of the seat. I was on the inside of the seat and we were right by the door where people could walk in the middle, you know, on a bus, you can have a middle door. So that middle door, not that front door. So somebody was coming in. It was very old gentleman, just like you said, dirty fingernails. Okay, well, he didn't have necessarily his baggy pants, but he was definitely disheveled. He had little sores all over him. His hands were a mess. And but he was, you know, tip, tippy. I mean, he didn't look wasted or anything like that. But he definitely did not have his sailor feet on the bus. He was tipsy and all over the place and he was trying to grab onto the railing i had to push the person next to me out of the way so i could grab his hand and put it on the railing when we're in that space that bias of wanting to be kind to others i think that's a good thing i think when we have um, a lot of times horrific events that occur the biases become a positive interaction and 
people just want to help others. I think when we're in that helping space, it can be a good bias. I recently listened to a podcast, a hidden brain podcast about um, something similar in this space where um, this woman was asked to go out from person to person and ask, she was tasked basically to go to like a, a subway station and to get, borrow $20 from people. Um, and they were also tasked to get, uh, to use a phone. And she went into it thinking, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get a penny. I'm not gonna, nobody's gonna help me. Nobody. And she had this preconceived notion that, that n nobody will help me in this space. And she went in there and she was shocked, it was terrifying to do it, but shocked to find out the willingness of people to help because people naturally have an inclination to help other person. But her assumption was that she was going to be an imposition. And then, but what was so funny is the complete opposite is true. Um, and, and so that it's a similar space where, where a bias can almost be interchanged for, uh, I mean, again, like assumption or something, but it, it can be good and bad, right? Or there's a bias to help. And then there's a, a bias that, that, folks aren't going to help me, but they will. <laughs> um, so it just yeah, seems to be That's exactly where I was gravitating towards that bias of uh, the positive bias of saying, you know what, this person's been, you know, the, obviously the negative one, maybe not so obvious, but on the other end of that spectrum, I would assume is that, you know, if I give this person $10 out of my pocket, they're just going to squander it on something that's going to be useless. And it, you know, it just goes down the drain. Um, but there's that positive bias that says maybe this $10 helps that person feed their family. And this is their last day. They are finally going to decide that this is the moment that they will go ahead. That $10 is that foundation that will catapult them into hopefully moving into a better direction to finally get themselves into better shape. And uh, again, with biases, who knows how they got into that position to begin with? You know, a lot of negative bias suggests that they did it to themselves. But if you think in on a, on a more positive Honestly, though okay i'm, I'm just gonna put a big old kibosh did it okay on some level uh yes people make decisions and everything but but from somebody who i my sister is homeless like my sister is is, is that person mm -hmm. and she has a genuine mental illness um but she has made her own choices too and we have tried to help and we have to accept that like and there is a space there at the same time though i do feel like there's so many things that failed along the way that could have helped her um that it's not i don't think it's for me it's not fair for, i just try not to pass that judgment like if i see somebody and i i, I immediately humanize that person that's asking for money because i think of my sister and so i go i hope somebody does the same for her i will give you you know the cash in my wallet <laughs> um and i don't care what you do with it honestly if yeah. it's going to make your life easier then then do what you will whatever mm -hmm it's it's not for me to say once I've handed it over you know it doesn't come with strings so yeah. um but that's just I mean that's just me getting like my personal like experience yeah I cheat with that too because I believe in karma so I believe that'll come back to me eventually so I guess that's kind of cheating but so is that also... fair like is that like, I'm just gonna throw that like I believe karma is it are we giving selfishly then if like that's the reason we're giving? <laughs> you know, sometimes I do think I am, but if it if it helps me feel better and more importantly someone else feels better, then you know, that's the worst case scenario. I'm okay with it, even if I do feel a bit selfish about it. 
not going to delve into the the topic of can you actually do have an unselfish act? Is that actually possible? Yeah, don't uh, don't ask my opinion on this because I'm it <laughs> to a very so, different conversation. I think well, that's kind of a question. Can anything be anything? Can anything be spoken about? Can anything be done? Can anything be without a bias? No. I say no. I don't think it could be. I mean, when you even point out somebody not, um, you know, not discussing something, that's a bias. If you point I, anything you point out has got to be a bias. We, everything, our perception is we are human beings. It runs through our filter. Uh, no matter what, our experience is going to affect what we think, what we feel, what we do. The, 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 the growth and the space that is important, I think, here is that awareness piece that um that moment when you when you become aware of a bias that maybe has been uh, destructive or maybe that without knowing it inadvertently uh, mistakenly maybe is doing some harm taking that moment to go okay wait now i'm aware of this what am i going to do to to change it to manage it to move forward through it or to change that bias within myself if that's what needs to happen um and that's the piece that I think is important. It's really that I have recently within the last like week become like an advocate for self-awareness. Like I have, I, I didn't give it the credit once had, like how critical being self-aware is uh, just to, for growth, for learning, for life. Um, a, a lack of is I, I pity somebody without the ability to be self-aware, honestly. Um, that, yeah. that sort of well, brings then, in a difficult concept though it's like what there's there's the things you do know so like you're aware of your explicit biases you might be aware of your implicit biases um maybe not as they happen but you know you sort of theoretically know what your implicit biases are but there's probably like 90 percent of like you don't know what you don't know like how do you even begin to uncover those implicit biases and self-awareness when you don't even know like where to start. And so when you say like you pity the person who doesn't know, like how do you even help that person without, you know, just saying, here's your bias. And this kind of brings us back to coaching. If you're a coach and you're sitting in the coaching chair and you've got a client who very clearly has a bias that they are just so unaware of, how do you create that awareness without, while still coaching, let's just say that, because it would be very easy just to say, hey, you're biased against X, but that's not really coaching, is it? When you just give it no, to them. You just will get into that reflection like we've always been doing, right? We get into mm -hmm. the reflection of what they're saying. How does that How does that work for you? What is? How does that serve for you? But asking in a neutral, you've got to come from that neutrality, not it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. It is mm -hmm. that it's even a thing you're in that reflection how does that help you in what ways does that serve you what do you want to do with that so we, we were coaching anthony a few weeks ago and he had it was on something and he, it was i think it was um validation or something and he he was uh, uh, he was saying like well i get you know i have to i want people to like me i want uh for me to be you know x y and z and, and he kept um ex externally validating so he it was like he had a bias towards the opinions of others rather than the opinion his own in that to be fair i think this was one of my fake uh oh, it probably was yes <laughs> um uh, but, but that, that does happen though like in coaching you'll always find people who are externally validated 
Well, and that's a, a bias. So in that space, you would ask, you know, how uh, you would inquire about that bias specifically, but I don't think you would say this is a bias, you would say. So if you were being biased towards what other people think, well, what is other people, what or what, or how does what other people think affect you? How is that, you know, how does that affect your life? How is, why is that important to you? I guess why is not, we don't want to why. So what, I mean, what does that mean to you? Um, exactly. Uh, would be my feel. What, how does how does it serve you? What does it do for you to think this way? Mm -hmm. And um, is it always that's a place that's it's black and white thinking? So it takes us back to our gray space. So is it always that way? Uh, is this is that is this space always going to happen that way? If it's it's that kind of bias where it's a, always never yeah. So that and that's why we're helping that client usually. I mean, I don't know exactly, but usually we're trying to help them find options to be thinking outside of what they normally uh, have their thought process. I was reading this thing, which I've read before on Facebook, um, something along the line of, and I don't remember exactly, but something along the line with uh, four plus five does equal nine, but there's many, many other ways to get to nine not just the four plus five. And I was so, like, if you're going to try to tell me it equals something else, we're going to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this, that's going to lead to a whole, I've, I've seen like, the math. argument. Don't do the math. <laughs> I've seen the argument online in some weird forums that two plus two does not equal four or equals five. And there's this yeah. whole, it was trying to make this big point. I don't want to talk about math because it's going to get I me triggered. Math. And I math will just, my favorite thing in the world. I'm going to go nuts. If I have to go into that conversation, um, where were we? <laughs> well, we're just what we're talking about, and 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 our ability to coach our clients, we give them, we help them find whatever their options are oh. if they're wanting to have options. Some people are very married to their way of doing things, and uh, so. We have to help them usually in that space find boundaries. Yeah. I have a question. No. <laughs> would, would, do you think, what percentage of clients are coming in with the, without the desire to explore more options that are like, I'm just here to be validated that my way is the only way and the best way? I would say probably a majority. <laughs> really? That's what they're all thinking. Wow. I would say that's on the coach though. Like wow. if you've got a bunch of clients coming to you that way, you got to think about how you market yourself. Well, and... I mean, if that, maybe that's the way. Okay, well, wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. We remember what I do, right? We remember what I do, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a couple's coach. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a special case though, where you've got two people who might be, you know. Well, yeah, they're like, friction. I want my way. I want my way. I mean, they're, that's, sucking the me space you got it instead of the we space at that point um but i'm gonna say probably the other portion of individuals that i've worked with they want clarity they may say they want change but are they willing to do the work i mean it takes work it, you know um and and i have i think i have a correction <laughs> on what you read in um ICF land. I think that was actually John Levin that gave us that calculation of the weight of one to five. I think that was who it was. He works with John Gottman. At any rate, it doesn't matter. Just remembering that weight scale is important. When they come in to make a change, change takes a while to happen. Um, from 
some research and information that I've gathered along the life's journey, the, the, the different things that say, how long does it take to make a change? Anywhere from like 60 to 200 days. Everybody says 21 days. Really? It's not about 21 days. 21 days is kind of get it going, right? That, that information of getting the new routine down or the new thoughts or new behaviors, new, whatever new is, takes a while to establish a pattern. But, and, and does the old pattern go away? Just because now you got a new one, does the old one go away? No, it's still there, it's still strong. And then there's this um, wolf, it's a, a fable. There's the word I'm looking for, a fable. Um, and I don't remember all the details, but it's the grandfather going, talking with the grandson and the grandson, well, how do I stay on the good side versus the bad side? And they were talking about the wolf. There's a good wolf and a bad wolf. It's whatever wolf you feed. Are you going to feed the good wolf or are you going to feed the bad wolf? Like it's good and bad. <laughs> I mean, that in itself is a bias. Like, because aren't we assuming, like, at that point that this is good and this is bad and this is always good and this is always bad. But the truth is, always and never doesn't exist. Um, so it's, there are times when even the good is bad and the bad is good. And, and sometimes very bad things have very good results and very good things have very bad results. And so it's very, I think that's the application of the concept of good and bad is absurd, <laughs> but that's me asserting my dominance over this conversation. So I'm going to be quiet. More <laughs> bias there. <laughs> but, but it's, but it is in the same sense though, feed what, what notice what wolf you're feeding period doesn't have to be good or bad the, the fable applies right what, what bias wolf are you feeding what, what bias are you feeding and is it a productive bias to be feeding and and why if it's a choice why choose to feed the bad ones the bad wolves which i just did it i just did it you hear that <laughs> why the harmful we'll say harmful <laughs> um but how do you define harmful I think you just give up on it all and you just exist because there's just no doing it. <laughs> how do you do that? That's, that's I, rough. And that's I why it's right there too. <laughs> I think we should try to tell us, let's take this back to coaching. Um, yeah, give up on it all. <laughs> because, well, biases are important and very relevant in coaching sessions. Yeah. And I think, um, without getting too out there, we can really ground that conversation within coaching. And thank you, Misha, for the comment. Um, she thinks that if we have identified from the beginning of the session what the client's goal it is, it is our responsibility to ask the questions free from bias to help them reach their goal. If we don't ask the first question, then the bias is more likely, oh, not to There's you. nothing else. Oh. What I'm arguing with me, or the one thing I have is, is we're gonna, there's gonna be a bias, the bias. Mm. You can't avoid the bias. So you cannot ask a question without bias. What you can do, though, is be aware of your biases and, and be aware of the ones that are benefiting and the ones that are harming, right? Um, so how do you, what do you do? What is a tool to bring that self-awareness to your coaching session? This is a space where I might be biased. I should be aware of it. This is how I'll be aware. I would say in instances where you are your emotions are beginning to kind of arise. Um, typically, I, I would say when that's occurring, um, you're being triggered and 
usually when you're being triggered, there's probably some biases tied they, to that. They go, they go hand in hand, the triggers and the biases. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say being aware of how you feel um, emotionally. And that could be a great tool of once you realize that your emotions are kind of moving away from a neutral place, um, which is important to kind of sit in while being a coach, um, they, then you should probably maybe check and see which direction that's going in. That could be a, a tool to gauge whether or not um, you do have biases that may be arising that could affect the coaching session itself. Isn't it fair to say it's managing your fixer, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not being that guessing, not assuming you know what somebody's going to say next. It's If you're actually in that curious space where you're like, I have to check out the, the I have to turn into blank, like, I have to numb, be just you know, to some degree, which as much as best we can, but, um, and just being in that curious space and not assuming you have the answer to any of the questions, any, or assuming you have zero answers, um, and the, the client has all of them. And that's what, I mean, that's what coaching is, right? Um, well, yes, in a coaching session, your client does have all the answers because it is about them. Um, you're not looking for any answers outside of assisting your client and getting to their answers with those answers that they may bring to you. Um, so do I have to do I have to buy into my client's biases? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, you don't I don't think. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, you personally don't have to buy into it, but just let them have their biases like it's not your job to fix it. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a point though where their biases can prevent you from wanting to be there? If they're things or homophobic things, just then they're not gonna I'm not gonna coach them. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a certain point where it's like you can sort of maybe step outside of the session and just sort of like, hey, like here are the boundaries of coaching with us. We're not going to talk about these sort of topics. I'm like, how would I, I don't know how I would handle that. Yeah, Somebody's like, like being just um, uh, an asshole Sorry. <laughs> in my session where they're just saying things that are just small minded. And if that were to happen, I mean, it would be hard pressed for me not to be like, stop it, leave. I think that, <laughs> I think that would be, would be a difficult thing for me not to do, honestly. Yeah. Like, um, I know though I, I should be empathetic in that space to some degree, you know, and and, and it probably handle it a different way, but everything in me would want to be like, shh, shoot it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Grab their lips and <laughs> like, shh. <laughs> um, yeah, there that would be hard. Yeah. It would, this would be hard. What do you um what do you guys think are some biases that coaches the bad biases that coaches have maybe that work either against them or the client? I've got one. Well, I mean, what we talked about last week, expertise can be can mm. be a bad bias on some level. Uh again. Identification. They think they've been there, done that. I think one that might be tempting is the money aspect of coaching where you might be biased to keep a client longer than you know you should. Ooh, uh, that's, yeah. and that's like selfish for your own self. Oh, I yeah, think. I mean, I got one similar where I've seen yeah. online. There's a coach who says, you know, sometimes your clients have no idea what's going on, and that's okay, which is unfortunate. You should, you should be coaching, and well, at least if you're if you're going through our classes, you should definitely be coaching with the coaching model that you're taught. Yeah. Um, 
but there are some so-called coaches online that will say just ridiculous things that isn't necessarily coaching um, yeah. and to adhere to the fact that it doesn't matter because the client doesn't know it's just super gross to me as i'm i'm thinking like so there's a lot of these coaches coaching space right and and the first i one of the things i my biases with those people that are coaching other coaches is that they're lazy like it's it's that they don't want to they 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 are in a space where they know there's a whole bunch of coaches and that they have kind of done, done it and so and i'm sorry to say that to those people i apologize um but so they're like this is easy i'm gonna do this um mind you there are a ton of people that are great in that space and doing helpful things but but there are a lot that are not and i guess you're going to find that no matter what um uh so that in bringing up that point i think to myself well that's you can get into this very space selfish space of like okay am i coaching to help people or am i coaching to for my business and that's a weird line to walk because it this has to get me right all, it to. this is triggering my capitalism and you know but you know you have those two things where you've got your motivator as in you need to make a living at the very least as a coach that should be your bias that's a good bias to have is you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself be able to take care of yourself before you can help other people so make a living but you most people also want to make a profit from their business and how much of a profit is too much of a profit that it's kind of hard to say versus help strictly helping people out of the kindness of your heart. This is like such a, like an introspective mo. Like I'm thinking like with everything, I mean, with regard to like, cause I'm thinking like, well, what by, what by surviving, being around people who are surviving versus thriving. Cause I've been in surviving modes and I know when people are in surviving modes, they are typically not acting from a place that is, always i mean like they can they can do desperate things when they're surviving people can get desperate and so that's scary to me like that's liability space so i like always try i like i prefer to be around folks who are thriving to some degree um uh simply but that's not fair either right that's completely but is it for my own survival right like um uh and that's like this weird space that 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 you have to be in as a human being where you've got to have your own oxygen mask on so that you can help even help others to begin with. Um, Donna, and- yeah, that's the quintessential negative bias to have as a coach is to think, think that you have the right answers. Yes. Um, yeah. To think you know best or know better or or can advise. Uh, mm-hmm. that well, not even that. It's just asking leading questions. I think that might be one of the most difficult things a coach needs to work on. Any coach needs to work on is because we kind of give you the tools to ask those leading questions, but it's leading questions to bring about awareness, to empower the client, to make their own decisions. But you could, it's very easy to lead into your own biases to try to get to people to see things from your own Can we give an example of a leading question versus a non-leading question? Somebody? (laughs) I'll think of a good one for the blog, but I, it's going to be hard for me to think of one like on the spot. Um, well, I was just going to say something totally snarky, and I, I, I withheld the snarky. I was, no, gonna no, I was gonna, I was just gonna say, well, Anthony, we just gotta have you coach for a few minutes, and eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually, I'll ask a leading question. You will ask a leading question. because <laughs> um, I, well, no, my bias now is to just not ask any questions, just keep entirely silent. Yes. <laughs> let the person talk don't ask any questions i think to to 
do to present that would we would need some some more context um is there a goal that we can just put out can, where where we can we can say as an example that um you know as a coach you ways that you could be using a leading question as I'll opposed be a client. to i can do the client thing i can be the client for and then you guys can ask if you want we can do that or lisa do you want to be the client um uh, let me think of something i, I can I just think we need a goal. Um, well, that's why I mean, let's, but let's yeah. make this a real life thing so that mm -hmm. it actually is practical. Um, I have a goal. Okay. Uh, my goal is to hang my TV not crooked um, and to finish putting up the art and cleaning the space and reorganizing it. It is a goal in my life, uh, one that is thwarting me at the moment. <laughs> my here's TV a, is crooked. <laughs> I'm gonna be a bad coach for everybody out there on purpose. This is not me accidentally. Oh being no! Tell coach. the truth. This is really you. <laughs> Why do you feel the need to have a TV? What is it about a TV that is important to you to this have? Has nothing to do with why I want the TV. I just want my TV straight. <laughs> <laughs> but right there, that would be a moment where I'm like, he's not. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Like yeah. he, I have disconnected you. Now I don't think you're a good coach for me because well, you, you and his, his bias could be don't have a TV at all. You should have books. Yeah, that's, 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 like, that's the bias books. I was going for. But now you're not, obviously you don't get me. So I don't want you to be my coach anymore. <laughs> this is, well, this might be a question that might come up if you're trying to maybe ground somebody's goal to an emotional anchor. Well, and then why, so to ask why I have the TV in the first place is, isn't that like disregarding my session goal? Like, yeah. like, yeah, completely. Isn't that like, I mean, or is that, is it, is, my, is there like, no, we're going to get there. We'll bring it around. Trust me. No, <laughs> that, that shouldn't be. A, I, uh, yeah. I would say at the very least it's altering your goal. Um, so what maybe, other leading questions or non-leading questions? <laughs> So non-leading, if so, we're aware that is a goal of yours. Um, have you, so since this is a goal of yours, uh, are there any ways that any steps you've taken to get closer to that goal at all? So we started. <laughs> there are like, I've had some obstacles, like my drill died. And for some strange reason, I cannot find the charger and the, the the extra battery to my drill like it is not where i normally keep it it is not anywhere i can find it i know there are other things i can do to get it but i'm just annoyed that's what funny. are those other things that you could do there you go anthony <laughs> what was that? i didn't hear anthony's what question. are those other things that you could do but these, none of these are leading so you notice though they're very well, open so uh yeah so trust what are these, me what i will be a bad coach eventually i can go to the store and buy myself another battery instead of pouting about it and, and actually just go buy it and, and and know that at some point the other one will turn up but at least that will keep progress moving towards the the reassembly of the space what else could you do <laughs> um make time to do these things <laughs> uh, and i'm not doing either <laughs> tell me more about making time oh i don't want to okay <laughs> so if you if you don't have time to do these do you have time to watch tv the tv's not for me to watch that there's not the purpose of the television to, in, the, in the first place the tv was not it has maybe, nothing to do with me wanting to sit down and watch it, it maybe brooke wants to, 
read electronic books on that screen. It exists for for work. It exists so that um, when I have films that I've created or made, I can watch them on a big TV. Uh, if, if people are over and I don't want to entertain them, I can turn the TV on. Well, there's my bias right there. Like, I assumed that you were just going to watch TV and you're just going to loaf yeah. around. And... Doesn't, not the purpose of that television. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is crooked. Like, like genuinely, the thing is like, <laughs> I could have used some level to begin with. That would have been smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did have the level there. Um... <laughs> Actually, yesterday, I just determined... I'm just leaving it crooked. It just, it is a declaration of my, um, just, this is how I, it just is, accept it. My TV is crooked and move on with your life. <laughs> well, that wraps up that goal. You already, you already had the solution before you started the session. I forgot about it till just now. <laughs> People, maybe your coaching sessions won't go as easy as this one has. Um, I like to be an easy client. <laughs> I found so I did a little looking on the internet and I found a good example of like a leading question in a court of law mm. is if a examiner asks a witness whether he was home on the night of the murder. Oh, because he's saying where instead of where were you, he's saying were you home? Yeah, I was home. Well, <laughs> not even that. It's <laughs> the night of the murder is a leading question because it already assumes that a murder took place. Where oh. the question in general is, was this person murdered or not? If you just uh, wrap in your assumption into the question, that's an example of an leading. Here I am assuming the location is important. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, biases, that is, as a detective could get you fired if you assume that now, there was a murder and it was play, maybe yeah. it's, yeah. That's, that probably won't happen in a coaching session, that specific example, but wrapping your own assumptions and conclusions into a question as if there was just a normal question can be very dangerous and might well, lead your clients astray. So that's, that brings me, I have a thought that popped into the head. Um, so if I am coaching people within my expertise, I might be doing myself and my client a disservice. It might be easier for me to coach in a space where I have no expertise because then True. I I can be curious easier, right? Because I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's a really interesting concept. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna market my. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna market my culture. Doesn't know anything. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> I love it. I'm feeling that. Could you think anybody would buy that? Do you think? Do you think that that anybody? No, nobody's gonna buy that. I didn't. Think well, so. maybe as a novelty. If we we can sell it right, come on. I could. I, I think we could sell it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that idea in the back pocket. No one else take that idea. I'm the coach who knows nothing. <laughs> Which um, is kind of Aristotle. The more you know, the more you realize you do not know. I've got another question. Um, this is not more so about coaches and coaching in the coaching session with the client, but do you guys think that there's a bias against coaches? Or the coaching oh, God, yeah. oh yes oh my god there's um, so many Which how do you, well yeah i know like that that might be a topic all on its own because we only got a few minutes we got 10 minutes left but i mean that's that's something uh, coaching as a profession has been overcoming and like working to overcover mm -hmm. come to be taken seriously to be to show yeah. people that it's a viable uh, option and something that has a positive outcome and is actually is showing results and showing it's, that it benefits. And, and literally it, the reason why the ICF was created as I was doing research for this, because before the ICF in the nineties, 
It was the Wild West. Still is. Nobody could do anything as the term coach, and it was just a mess. And then after the ICF, and then from then on, it's been just working to just eliminate those biases and further the the coaching profession is something that is one of the one of the ones I've come across is that a coach is just it's some anybody who is unemployed calls them like oh I don't have a job so I'm gonna call myself a life coach like it's um, like the influencer like tag like if yeah. you call yourself an influencer like oh you're professionally unemployed entrepreneur <laughs> oh so you don't really do yeah <laughs> which those are my biases as well I'm biased against also, entrepreneurs our clients have a huge bias when they come in they think that we are going to give them the answers and that is not the case right so that's the, the one of the biggest hurdles we have i think is to get the world to know what coaching is like what it yeah. even actually is because I, yeah. it's for the most part a giant misconception like yeah. um and how do i mean don't get me how do I get for years now? I've been asking, how do I get the message out there? Um, and that's why we exist right here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest bias I would say is, who are you to tell me what to do with my life? Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life as yeah. a coach. Yeah. So then, exactly. exactly. But then why do I need you? What do I need you for? Right. But there's so much, there's so much power. Yeah, that's, so much that's that point, I would say, yeah. if you don't need me, then you don't need me. Don't, don't yeah. coach with me. You, I'm looking for people who have problems and they want to be coached and they know the benefit of coaching and the process mm -hmm. to get out of it. If you're already there, good for you. No, that's not what I'm thinking. What, what the space that I'm in is when you say, well, I'm not, you're not going to give me any answers. This is, I mean, this is a common question we get in class and stuff. You're, you're not going to give me any answers. You're not giving me any solutions. You're just going to ask me questions. Who's going to pay me for that? Like who's going to pay for that? It's actually very powerful space and a very powerful tool uh, that people often underappreciate. It's usually the ones that want to give advice, but uh, that, that do. Um, but th that space doesn't exist anywhere else because everywhere else in the world, people are giving you opinions. People are telling you how to live your life. People are saying, putting their biases on you. <laughs> um, and the coaching space should be a space where you can just be and it's not that's why biases may come into play when it comes to asking the questions and our thoughts mm -hmm. and what we're thinking but they should never actually i think verbally come out as a coach <laughs> right um should just be that we know they exist but we're there to be curious and ask questions and that's where the unbiased piece comes in i guess Look at that. Connected before it. i took level yeah. one i had the Thank opinion of coaching with snake oil sales I researched a lot before I landed on a good school. My bias, the best school. I wonder what school that is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, no, no, that's your biases, Brooke wait, wait, and wait. Lisa. I don't know what school that is. I'm not going to assume, <laughs> but it's us. It's us. So <laughs> I am going to assume it. <laughs> we have four minutes left. What are we going to do to let go of our biases? To, to, to not let go, but to check them. All of us, let's, let's all. What, what what can we do this week to check our biases? To ask ourselves our coaching questions. How does that serve yeah. us? What does that support? Is that my intention? I, I want to open know. the. Oh, go on. I I think it, I'm going to take it. I, yes, and I agree. Mm. But take it one step back even, and and say say why, what, why am I, or what is, why am I doing anything I am doing? Like, you know what I mean? And is there a bias here? Does it exist? 
just to, to ask, you know, am I, if I'm going left right now, am I going left because it's instinct and bias, or am I going left because I have making a conscious choice to go left and it is the best left to make? Um, and, and I've, have I, have I taken a moment to be self-aware and, and, and instead of just acting and reacting, it's, it's, it's thinking before I act, I guess, yeah. being yeah. self-aware before I, I, I make choices, <laughs> uh, essentially. Yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Just taking a moment to reflect because sometimes you just get caught really in your habit of doing things and you just, you stop reflecting on, you know, why you do certain things. So just taking that second minute to reflect. And again, Lisa mentioned to ask yourself some coaching questions as to, you know, why you did what you did and why that's important. Maybe not why, um, but what the importance is to you. Also, I think it's important to ask like, what, how, how is what am I doing affecting somebody else? Like and taking that moment, because we are always usually stuck in our selfish, like I need to do this, I need to do that. But but taking that pause and going, how is how I am acting, behaving, or do, what I am doing affecting another person in my life? Mm -hmm. um, and, and taking a moment to consider that, actually consider it. Yeah. What I'll do um, is to be open to criticism and other people's sort of opinions of myself because if you've got biases it's like being a fish surrounded by water you you can do as much introspection as you can but you're just not going to be you're not going to know what you don't know other people are going to take you out of that water and they're going to let you know what your biases are give sort of a third party objective opinion be open to that and you have to ask, I think, too, really? because I think a lot of people are afraid to share. And like, you have to create a safe space. Like, I, I, I have attempted to practice practice radical honesty, and I, I didn't realize that with it, you also have to be able to accept and, and receive the, the, the bad in a way that isn't like gonna make somebody never want to be honest with you again, <laughs> like, you know, so you have to be willing to like sit there and go, okay, this could be crappy. And I gotta just like, I gotta be graceful. Yeah. Like, uh, um, That's where I where I use candor, candor and kindness. Yes. Candor, you can still say something that has hurt your feelings or whatever we're talking about in, in, in general. <clears throat> but you can say it in such a way that's not going to be harmful to the other person. I had somebody one time, you know, if you really want to know, I'm going to tell you. And they like literally felt like to me, like they slapped me <laughs> and it was like, Oh, yeah, I don't ever want to do that again. It, it, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be pleasant when someone else points out a bias that is so obvious to them and maybe everyone else that you just were completely unaware of. It's going to suck. It's going to, yeah. But you gotta, it's also can be a great deal of growth, like take a moment and then go, okay. And that's, but that's the key, right? It's, it's a little bit Byron Katie's the work. Mm -hmm. If somebody else is doing something that is driving me up the wall, it's probably because that exists in me somewhere. So like if, 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 if there's something that just, I just bothers me about somebody else, the first thing I should be doing is asking myself, how do I do that? Like before, I mean, how, how is in my life, do I do what this person is doing and, and how can I fix that first before I ever get like, you suck to somebody else. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, my cats are out in full force right now. Like there's, I one, her. there's, and if you see Nick back here. Yeah. I see a little white. 
so they're both up and they want my attention. <laughs> Giving you the death stare right now. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's all for today, guys. Uh, Danger's gonna say bye. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure and check us out, Certified Life Coach Institute. Lisa, you want to sign off? <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Enjoy the journey. Come visit us on our three-day intensives. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you've been here, fantastic. We love you all for coming and showing up. And if you haven't been with us, come check us out. CertifiedLifeCoachInstitute.com. Yeah. See you guys next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.